Hello and welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. Harvest Church is based in sunny Durban, South Africa. We are a family of believers who are passionate about Jesus. We really hope this message inspires you today. Good morning, everybody. Oh, so lovely. So lovely to be with you all. I want to thank Rosie for opening up her home to me. Lots of tea. We drink lots and lots of tea. And then to George and Leanne and Tanya and Rich, thank you. And all the elders and leaders here, thank you for making me feel so welcome and so loved. And uh, thanks for all of you coming here today. Gosh, that worship was amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for listening to God. Thank you for loving him. But I feel almost like he's going to give you even more songs of deliverance, that your voice is going to carry power because you've known his deliverance. And God says, as you've received his deliverance, so you're going to, you're going to be a catalyst for setting people free that the power of his presence is going to be in you. See you singing for bro- the broken, the wounded, the orphans, the widows, just singing life over them, that the song, yes, is in the house, but the song is out in the streets as well. So thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you to the team. Wow. Amazing. Hi. Look at all these young people over here. Gentlemen over there with a hair cut of note. Now I'm talking about the guy sitting right next to you. No. <laughs> but I just said to George, look at that gorgeous hair. But I feel almost like God's saying that actually you're going you're gonna to be a kingdom carrier. And, and that, that's, I know sometimes you kind of go, what does that mean? But it's going to be supernaturally natural. That you just, people, I see young guys, especially having conversations with you, and you're going to be astounded by the wisdom God's going to give you to be able to speak life into them. And uh, don't be afraid. He'll equip you. He'll empower you. He'll strengthen you. And um, you don't have to try and be super spiritual. Just be super dependent on him. God says, don't look at your inadequacies. Just allow my in my adequacy, my fullness to flow through you. So bless you, sweetheart. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Let's just all put our hands on our heart. I don't know if you like me. I, if you've got a pacemaker, I think it's about there. But let's, let's just, just close your eyes for a few minutes. Just breathe in his love. Breathe in his life. Breathe in his affirmation. That he looks at you, an audience of one. Isn't that amazing? And so often we think, oh, I wonder if she's got a word for me. But I loved what George said. Jesus goes, who touched me? And Lord, thank you. Thank you that you're here. That you meet each one of us face to face. Thank you for your amazing love for us, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you for your grace. Thank you. Just breathe in. It's just enjoy him. Just enjoy him. Yeah. Gentlemen in the white over there. Just the God, God's just wanting you to lift your head. See him. He sees you. He sees you. Can the man with glasses next to him just put your hand on him? Would you mind doing that? Thank you, Lord. It's you, sweetheart. Going, who? Me? Yeah, it is. Thank you, Lord. Just put your hands out before him. Is that okay? Lord, thank you that you love him. That your gaze is on him. Thank you, Jesus. Brother, the Lord says, I see you. I know you. I'm shaping you. I'm making you. I'm equipping you. I'm empowering you. Thank you, Lord. So turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I turn, I turn my eyes upon, I look fully into your wonderful face, look fully in your wonderful face. And the things of the earth and the things of it will grow strangely dim. In the light of your glory and grace. Can we lift our hands? I turn my eyes upon. I look fully. Full in his wonderful face, and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Lord, thank you for your glory, that's your goodness. Thank you that you are so in this room with us. Even more, Lord. Even more. Thank you for grace. Scandalous, outrageous, amazing grace. Practical, life-giving, restoring grace that saves a wretch like me. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. 
thank you, Holy Spirit, that you release all of what heaven wants to give us today. Over our lives individually, over our families, over our spheres of influence, over where you've placed us. We say kingdom come will be done. Kingdom come will be done. Should we sing it one more time? I turn my eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't it amazing that the word says, they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Isn't that amazing? You know, and we kind of go, hey, time is money. Come on, come on, come on, come on now. But Lord, we thank you. Thank you that we can just pause, take some deep breaths, and just enjoy you as you enjoy us. Isn't that amazing that God enjoys us, that Jesus enjoys us. And we thank you for that. Amen. Amen. So for those who don't know me, thank you so much. Those who don't know me, um, I'm originally from South Africa, but I live in the city of Manchester in the UK. Please don't hold that against me. And, uh, but I'm involved in a charity that's based on, in Cape Town. Um, Cape Town is a very beautiful city, but if you drive from the airport on the left-hand side, the first turn-off is Dana Fontaine Road. And we work um, in Guguletu in Tambo Village in Manenberg. And I can't not acknowledge my darling friends, the Smiths, who just were there for me when we first started out and just encouraged me and loved me to have a go, go for it. And so we've just, um, yeah, we're right in Gangsville, have gangs running around and all manner of situations going on, but I just love it. I've moved from Sisi to Mama, and I just know it's just the tip into Gogo, just, just that tip. But anyway, I'm holding on to mama with all my life at the moment. But last, uh, this year, I felt the Lord say to, to me that um, we would, uh, I was to mark the year as the year of overflow. And so I thought, oh, that's, that's amazing, God. What does that mean, you know? And overflow gets messy. Water just up to the brim is great. But when you pour it over, Everybody wants to clean it up. And my goodness, we have seen God's overflow come. And he gave us a scripture from Psalm 23, 
which is normally read at funerals, but it is so filled with life for living here. And in verses five and six, it says, you prepare a table before me. God prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Isn't that amazing? You know, it doesn't kind of get us in some nice jojee place. In the presence of our enemies where it's messy. And then he goes, a friend of mine, Graham Cook, often says, and then he goes, in the midst of all the battles, he goes, would you like fish or soup? What would you like to eat? And I'm so grateful for that. You can tell from my physique. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. Isn't that amazing? We're not just anointed for burial. we anointed for brilliance. Thinking, having the mind of Jesus. And then it says, my cup overflows and surely, of course, absolutely no doubt about it. Your goodness and your mercy will follow me. Anybody need goodness? Yeah? Anybody need mercy? Oh, yes. Will follow me how often? All the days, all, as they say in America, all the days, all the days, not just some days, 24-7 days, all the days of my life. And so if we live well, we'll die well. And then I will dwell in your house forever. I love that. And so we've seen that in New Day. This year alone, we've seen over 200 people give their lives to Jesus. Over 200 people. Just incredible. But also, we've managed, uh, this year we've seen over 60, in fact, it's 80 people have found employment. And so being able to look after their families. And uh, in one day, we saw 18 people get jobs. Isn't that amazing? So please do pray for, for us. Um, and what God's called us to do down in Cape Town. But I want to just share with you a little bit this morning about what I feel God wants to say to us. It's nothing sort of, well, I think it's great. I think it's, it's of God, but it's not kind of, you know, rocket science that I'm going to share with you. But in this world that we're living in, I do believe that God is calling us to run the race well. And to be those who are carrying that baton of faith. And in this season, we are so bombarded by information and messages that kind of mess with our souls and our spirits and cause us to become weak. And so one of the questions I've been grappling with for myself and for the people I have the privilege of serving, I have a t there's a team of 18 people, but just for us and as God allows me to speak in various places, is what is framing my thinking and what is framing my actions? What's framing my thinking and what is framing my actions? And so I want to read a little bit to you from Proverbs 4 and verses 20 to 27, Proverbs 4, and it says this, my son, or my daughter, pay attention to what I say. Pay attention 
to what I say. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody? I remember just a little while ago, I had a conversation with somebody and they kept, Rich, I'm using you as an example. They kept looking over my, um, you know, towards my right ear or your left, uh, your right ear, my left ear, my left, anyway, that ear. And, you know, it's like you're trying to have a conversation with them and they, they're not looking at you. You just kind of, you know, and I kept wanting to, thought maybe they've got a problem with their sight, you know, something wrong with them. And here the Bible says, pay attention, give attention, don't be distracted to what I say and turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight and keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them. Here's the good news. And health to one's whole body. Isn't that amazing? I didn't write this. That's what it says. Above all else, guard your hearts. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. And keep your mouth free of perversity. And keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead and fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left and keep your foot from evil. I mean, there is so much just in those few verses. But I want to just touch on this verse here. Proverbs 4 verse 23. Above all else, beyond everything else, the highest priority, guard your heart. In other words, diligently watch what's going on in your heart. And that's not just your physical heart. But it's that spiritual heart, that inner part of you that God appeals to. Guard that. Diligently guard your heart. For everything, everything you do flows from it. In the Passion Translation, it says, guard the affections of your heart. And we've got to watch that our hearts don't become toxic Wounded and broken and hardened. Proverbs speaks about those various types of hearts. We've got to watch that we don't struggle with carnal coronary conditions. My parents both died of heart attacks. I'm not going to. Just declaring it out there. Um, but I remember when my dad had a heart attack and we, he was in ICU and we went to go and see him as kids, We've got two brothers, and um, your dad was there. And you know they've got those machines that go like this. I'm sure you've seen it in the movies. Did it, did it. It's true. It does happen like that. Did it, did it. And so we all, you know, and you become fixated on this thing. And all of a sudden it went, me. And all three of us kids jumped on dad. And his eyes opened, and he's like, miracle. <laughs> but all of that had happened is the little thingy-majobbies they have had moved, you know. What are you doing? Was his joyful retort to us as kids. But there is something about our spirits when we begin to flatline. 
And we've got to watch that we don't fall prey to that. And we're living in a season where I feel God saying, get back to the basics. We got too clever. I've got too clever for my own good. Get back to the basics. Begin to know Jesus and the finished work of Jesus. I think so often we talk about everything else rather than Jesus. And we need to bring him back into the center of our conversation, into the center of how we're thinking, into the center of how we're living our lives. And in spite of this groaning world with all the storms going on, that Jesus is the very center of our lives. Not just a peripheral, but very center of our lives. And we need to watch that all the chains of the anchor that are holding us to Jesus are in place. There's a guy in the States called Chuck Swindoll, and I love his writing. He's an older man, but he says this about the heart. He says the heart is the inner person where hope is born, where decisions are made, where commitment to strength is strengthened, where truth is stored, and where character is formed. The heart is more than just a feeling, guys, or a warm, fuzzy thing. There is so much more that God wants us to begin to store again and give birth again to hope. He wants us to begin to make decisions, right decisions. And if you've heard me speak, I've said this often, every decision I make determines the direction I walk in and the destiny that I reach. 24-7, where commitment is strengthened. Oh my goodness. We live in a world where there's very, very little holding to commitment. You know? Something else catches our attention where truth is stored. And his word needs to be the truth that we're storing, not Google. His word is truth that we store and character formed. And a lovely man called Bob Mumford often used to say this, God is more interested in my character than my comfort. And sometimes some good hard knocks sometimes shape my character so that I begin to live from the inside out rather than from the outside in. And all the influences around the world are not charting, uh, charting out my path, but God is charting out my path. And to know him, not just know about him, but know him deep down. And so that little song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, it's do that. And so I just want to share with you just a few little things as we guard our hearts. And I feel that God is saying, I want you to put a guard over your eyes and your ears and your mouth and how you walk out your life. And so I'm just going to take a few seconds to look at that, if that's okay with you. But first of all, guard your eyes. And the little question I often ask myself is, what do I see when I look? What do I see when I look at others? What do I see when I look at Jesus? What do I see when I look at this world? In Matthew 6, verses 22 and 23, it says, The eyes of your spirit allow revelation. 
allow revelation. That's more, as, as I've said already, it's more than just having a load of information. Revelation is when the atmospheres begin to shift, where my life becomes aligned, where I move from religion to relationship with him. That's revelation. Where his word is no longer just something I debate, but I desire and I begin to align my decisions with his word. The eyes of your spirit allow revelation. So what are you seeing when you look with the eyes of your spirit, over yourself, over your others, over others and over the Lord? And light will come into your being. If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. The light floods in. And I don't know about you, but I do not want to walk in darkness. I want his light to flood in every, every moment of my life. And beloved, the enemy is after our vision. Sometimes he brings just cataracts in the spirit. But I'll tell you something, he's out to distract us. He's out to debilitate us. And he's out to destroy our faith. He is vicious. But Jesus is victorious. That's the difference. And so it's so critical that we keep our eyes up. Keep our eyes up. And so where, where or what am I looking at the most? You know, so often we are absolutely fixated on our phones. Eyes down. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is. Eyes down. Eyes down. Like this. And I was in Cape Town the other day, and this guy, big guy, walks towards me like this, bumps into me, and he goes, watch where you're walking, man. <laughs> Excuse me? Now, I'm not saying that we don't go on to that, but I think there is something, you know, it's an actual fact that there's a thing called doom scrolling. Have you heard about it? And so you get on, and you start, and you start. And we as a team, you know, you kind of go, woo, 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 doom scrolling, doom scrolling. And we've got, I'm not saying don't go on Facebook. I've got 4,000 something very close friends. We're like this, me and my friends. It's incredible. People come up to me and they go, hi. And I go, hello. They go, we're friends. And I go, we are? Facebook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lord, forgive me for my lies. But we've got to watch. I'm not saying don't look at those things. But how much time are we spending on those and crafting those and making those? And how much time are we beginning to understand what the Hebrews say? Hebrews 12 verse 2, it says, fix our eyes on Jesus that author and that perfecter of our faith. And in Proverbs 4, I'm giving you loads of scriptures here, but because I love the word. In Proverbs 4, verse 25, it says, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead and ignore life's distractions. We've got to 
watch that we look at everything through the lens of the Spirit, especially in South Africa, as you get ready for the elections coming up. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Pray for the politicians. Even if you don't agree with them, pray for them. God can turn the heart of the king just like that. You see it in the word. But our mandate is to stand and fix our eyes on him. And then we can be a very supernatural presence in the world that we live in. Then we can be practically spirit or spiritually, naturally supernatural. And all that God has for us. Looking straight ahead. And then in Psalm 16, verse 8, David says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. That's incredible. With him at my right hand, my hand of authority. What is giving us authority on this earth? Fixing our eyes on Jesus. In Revelation, it says, I counsel you to buy soul for your eyes. You say you're rich, you don't need anything, but I say you poor, pitiful, blind, and naked. Begin to say the Greek word for, for eyes is the word luchnos. Lord, give me 2020 vision in the spirit. Let's fix our eyes, let's set our true north. And then not only our eyes, but our ears. What do you hear when you listen? I used to lead worship for many, many years and be in bands and all the rest of it. And so I used to have the drums right behind me. And so in those days, you know, and we had speakers coming out this way. We didn't have all these nice little things in your ears. Although it was just a bombardment of sound. I loved it. But there was a moment, one morning I woke up and I thought, what is that in my ears? And I suddenly realized, gosh, I've got tinnitus. And I prayed about it. I'm asking Jesus to release me from it. Had so many prayers. It's still there. But one morning in Manchester, I woke up one morning and I, everything was spinning. I thought, what on earth is going on here? What's going on? Try to get out of bed. I was like a drunk woman walking. And so I eventually phoned my doctor and he, he, you know, kindly said he'd see me, but I couldn't drive to him. And so we did this diagnosis on the phone and he said, oh, Lynn, it's your tinnitus, but you've got inner ear infection. And so I was laid low for 10 days. I could not move. I was praying up a storm. And then I felt Holy Spirit say to me, relax, sweetheart. Just enjoy this moment. And then let me do what I need to do in you. But I tell you, there are so many of us that are hearing. We've got that inner ear, dizziness, so much stuff. And in Matthew 11, verse 15, Jesus says, whoever has ears, anybody got ears here? Got two? Let them hear, but it says this, not only hear, it actually says, let them understand. And that understanding is not understanding the Greek or the theological, it's understanding what the Spirit has to say to you. Let them hear and understand those Message Bible talks in wind words, winsome words. And then in Luke 8, verse 15, 
talks about the various soil and the, and the seed that's been planted and says this about the good soil. They hear the word, they retain the word, and by persevering, produce a crop. I don't have to persevere when everything's going really well. I persevere when the going gets tough. And over here, we are encouraged by Jesus to hear the word and retain it. In other words, don't let it get lost from you. And so for me, I found myself going back to the word in, in this kind of form. Because what happens when I, and I'm not knocking anybody else here, but when I, I've got an iPad and I love my little iPad, but when I get on that, other apps seem to allure me. In this kind of way, it's the word, just the word. And I have got back to that, and, you know, I love that sound, you know. First I thought, what is that sound? Oh, it's me turning pages. Actual thing. Look at this. I remember this from my youth. Hear and retain and persevere. Persevere because God has spoken his word into you and you've heard him. And then you produce a crop. How fabulous is that? That God allows us to have more than we could ever imagine. And his word begins to transform us. And it's not just some news that we're reading about. And so it says in Romans 10 verse 7, faith comes by hearing. And by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Lord forbid that we become professional Christians. We know the scriptures. They actually just, they haven't gone in to our ears, our spiritual ears. And so we need to create time and space to be able to enjoy him. And let's not just have loads and loads of noise. It's be those who are not bombarded by all that noise. And the word drowns out the enemy's bombardment. And instead of fear, faith is crafted in me and through me. So our ears, what do we see when we hear when, when we look? What do we hear when we listen? And the third thing is our mouths. How are we speaking? In Proverbs 18, verse 21, it says, The tongue, this tiny little thing in here, the tongue has the power, has the dunamos, has the explosive power of life or death. Both of those are in this thing. And those who love it, give affection to either life or death, will eat its fruit. Where is our appetite? Is it in life or in death? Where is our reward? Is it in life or death? And so in Galatians, we read about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Love that word, don't you? Hmm. And so those are the fruit of life. But let me tell you what the fruit of death are. 
So instead of love, you've got hatred and apathy. Instead of joy, you've got sadness. Instead of peace, you've got strife and distress and war. Instead of patience, you've got impatience and anger. Instead of kindness, you've got mischief and sarcasm and unkindness. Instead of faithfulness, you've got unfaithfulness and disloyalty and falsehood. Oh, it's so depressing, isn't it? Instead of gentleness, you've got brutality and unforgiving. And instead of self-control, you're distracted and unrestrained. And I can't say that I have all those fruit in my life all the time. But I want to just share with you briefly what I've started to do as a rhythm of life. When I get into bed at night, I just do an inventory. And I say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to hold those fruits of the Spirit up before you. Where have I fallen short? And then I begin to say, Lord, I choose tomorrow when I wake up to work on that fruit, to do a divine exchange on that fruit. And I'd encourage you to do it as well. In Psalm 141 verse 3, it says, set a God over my mouth. Isn't that lovely that we don't have to do it all by ourselves? Set a God over my mouth. And so I want to teach you something I do. Is that okay? So would you mind doing it with me? Just for a few seconds. You take your thumb, all right, and you put it under your chin, right, just like that. And then take this finger and then just put it over your top lip. It's the cheapest form of Botox you could ever have. But what happens with that is that you shut it. And there have been many and many a day and many and many a meeting where, and our team know this now, because they say, they watch my thumb come up. And the Botox increases the more I need to keep quiet. But here, God, set a guard over my mouth. Give me grace, Lord, in my speaking. And Lord, keep watch at the door of my lips. And in James, we encourage to tame the tongue. Tame it. Oh, I just said it. No, you didn't just say it, darling. got very quiet. I'm so sorry. I know you don't have any of these problems here. It's only the people in Cape Town <laughs> or in Manchester. <laughs> it's moving further afield. And so set a God, set a God over my mouth. Above all else, God, your heart for everything you do flows from it. And so he saying to us today, will you allow me to set a God over your eyes and a God over your ears and a God over your mouth, but then a God how you walk it out. How you walk it out. And that Proverbs is about where do your feet land. And for those who don't know, I was in a wheelchair for over two, uh, nearly two years. And the scripture that held me during that time was the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord when he delights in his way. And though he stumble, he shall not be utterly cast down. 
I was young and now I'm now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. And beloved, God in this season is saying to us, I'm after the basics in you because that's what I died for. That's what I gave my life for. I gave my life for your heart. I gave my life so that you would begin to speak and carry the good news. I gave my life so that you would hear and begin to be somebody who hears me very clearly. I gave my life so that you would begin to see what I'm doing in this world that I created. And I gave my life so that you could walk in step with me, keeping in step with the Spirit. Let's pray together. Thanks, Holy Spirit. Thank you. And so I just, um, I think it's good to just kind of make a mark, make some decisions. Is that okay? So thank you, Lord. Above all else, guard your heart. Above all else. Maybe for some of you, you're flatlining in the spirit. And I know that feeling. I've had that before. But I almost feel like Holy Spirit's coming with the paddles of grace and faith and life again to you. And he wants to put it on, the, on your heart. The enemy says, no, no, no. Let me, just, let me just kill you. Lose hope. Lose faith. Lose a future. That's what you created for. But the Lord says, no ways. You are redeemed. You are loved. Every man and every woman. I love the fact that it's a strong faith that God releases over us. And so if you've been struggling with maybe flatlining because of all the fears that are around you, I'm going to ask that you please just change your position and stand with me. Say, here I am, Lord. I'm giving you back my heart. Let my heart beat steadily. Let me not have arrhythmias that are going out of place. So if that's you, please, will you stand? I'm not going to labor this too much. But if that's you, will you stand, please? And maybe there's some of you that can identify with what are you seeing when you look and maybe your eyes got down and you are more living your life through what the internet says or Google says or Facebook says or whatever it is or YouTube says. But this is a day for you to lift your eyes. Say, Lord, I'm going to fix my eyes on you. And I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to be debilitated. I'm not going to be destroyed. So if that's you, if you're needing solve for your eyes, Lord, I want to see into the Spirit. I want to understand what's going on in the spiritual realm. Please will you stand. And let's allow Jesus to begin to work 
on your eyes. Set your true north, guys and ladies. This is not just for the women. And maybe you identify with the ears, a dizziness, and the spirit has come to you. You're dizzy. It's making you feel nauseous almost. And you, you're just struggling to hear God. And I just feel that God wants to turn up His voice for you to be able to hear. I love the fact that it says, my sheep hear my voice. It doesn't just say my good sheep or my holy sheep. It says my sheep. And so if you're needing to hear God clearly, there's been such a cacophony of sound around you, but you want to hear him. You want to hear him. You want to retain what he says. You want to persevere with it. Please, will you stand? Thank you, Lord. Or maybe some of you identify with the mouse. Whoo! Maybe you've been rabbiting off in your mouth. And God wants to set a guard at the time on your tongue. That your words will carry the fragrance of heaven. Isn't that amazing? And life. And I just feel almost like some of you have been saying things over your own life that are untrue. And God wants to adjust that. So please, will you stand if that's you? Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. We're standing together, guys. It's not just you standing. My goodness, I am preaching to myself. And then guard your walk. That your walk's ordered by the Lord. And God wants you to begin to walk steadily and surely without fears debilitating you. And I feel this is for the younger folk, but also middle-aged folk and older folk. It's for all of us. That you've almost been sidetracked See that in the spirit, detoured, you're detouring, you're going this way and that way. And beloved, all roads do not lead to Rome. It's the most stupid statement I've ever heard in my life. And so get back on the path with him. Thank you, Lord. So I want to sing over you, if you don't mind. I turn my eyes upon Jesus. We look full in your wonderful face. And the things of the earth grow strangely dim. In the light of your glory and grace. And I turn, we turn our ears to you, Jesus. We want to hear words from your heart. 
things of the earth. The sounds will grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. We turn our mouths to you, Jesus. Touch us with the calls of your love. Let our words carry life and your presence in the light of your glory and grace. And we turn our walk to you, Jesus. Help us walk in your spirit and truth. And our lives will be shaped by your goodness, oh God, as we yield to your glory and grace. So those who are standing, just lift your hands, please. And maybe we can just be family together. And those who are seated, would you mind just helping me here for a minute? And let's lay our hands on folk. If everybody around you is standing, just yeah, put your hand on the person next to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for one another. Thank you for the community that we are. And if you don't want to get up, just extend your hands. We all, at some stage of our lives, need others around us who will stand with us, who will support us, who will strengthen us, who will speak God's word into us. So, Lord, just thank you right now for miracles, miracle, miracle moments. I thank you, Lord, that you are touching, you are holding, you are restoring, you are refining. Come, Holy Spirit, even more, even more of the joy of the presence of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And what you're doing here right now will remember in days and weeks and months and years to come because we pressed in to you. And thank you, Lord, that your power is touching us.